In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet, and this is true, I believe, that does not have anyone named Adam or Simon involved. That's very valid. Is yeah. there question marks about this? Like, have you not been there for one of the shows? No, I'm I'm just saying that I, you know, I believe that we're the only one. I haven't found another podcast that doesn't have an Adam or Simon involved. Um, but there might be one, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Fair enough. I'll take uh, your yeah. word for it. Let, let's be honest. Have I really ever cared whether what I said there was true or not? No. Oh. Um, I am Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, most of the time, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? You know, um, I'm, I'm swell. I'm at, uh, well, this, after this hour... It will be my seventh hour of wrestling-related things today. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been kind of a marathon slog today, but... Oh, my Lord. <laughs> we'll talk a little Good bit stuff, more about a that later. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, had a, yeah, I just... On, and it just happens to be the one day a year that there's only 23 hours in it. Yeah. So. Uh, also making his triumphant return to help us out, host of Real Talk Radio, Justin LeBlanc. It is me, it is me, it is Justin LeBlanc. That is right, guys. Uh, kudos to you. No pain, no gain. An extra hour is it's only 23 hours this time around. But guys, we got this. We can do it, especially after Elimination Chamber. It goes good, fellas. How are y'all? So, like he said, Elimination Chamber just got over, so we're going to be talking a lot about that tonight. Um, but we still have a few wrestling crimes to cover as well. Uh, before we get into all that, though, I would like to remind everyone that Raw & Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, why not head over to TatnusCo.com, check out the other shows of the network, like Tatnus Uncensored, Chicken Hen with s and In the Dice Box Slam, and their newest show just added within the last day or so, uh, Basement Bullshit. <laughs> That's the I gotta name check of it. That out. That's... Uh, apparently, it's three guys in their basement talking shit. Hey, uh, I will have to check it out here um, at some point <laughs> to see exactly what all goes on on that show. Um, I but, mean, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, it seems <laughs> the name the name doesn't leave a lot to the imagination, but nope. but yeah. So go check them out, like, share, subscribe to all of them. Um, of course, like, share, and subscribe to us as well. But uh, in and that, I will... actual partner, Justin LeBlanc. Yeah. You can also go and like and share his podcast as well. Real Talk Radio. At Rhea, anchor.fm, RTR. Thank you guys. Thank you guys kindly. So let's let's get to it because I know you guys are tired. I wasn't there at the uh, podcast earlier. So where shall we start, officer? 
Well, I mean, I'll, I just got a couple crimes to get to, and then we'll probably talk talk uh, Elimination Chamber a bit more. Um, what he's referring to is earlier today, uh, D.A. Fabe and I participated in a marathon podcast recording with Tatnus for his show, as well as recording some stuff for uh, for the FBI uh, episode later this week. So, um, so I I think all told, we talked for over three hours. Uh, so our voices are tired, and so are we. Um, but um, I don't know if you guys have crimes to cover. I've got one big one and one kind of small one to really talk about. So I'll just go ahead and get started. Crime number one, um, it drove me nuts on SmackDown. They had a women's tag team match. You had Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Lacey Evans and Naomi. Um, and the thing that drove me nuts was the ending of it was uh, Sasha Banks had uh, Naomi on in the corner, upside down in the tree of woe, per se, right? And she did the jumping double knees to, to Naomi's face uh, right. coming down. And Naomi crumpled in the corner. And then Sasha basically did just like a sit-out powerbomb pin right there in the corner. And they counted the one, two, three. And I'm sitting at home going, are you kidding me? Both of Sasha's legs are under the ropes, right? right? As well as Naomi's arm. And so that really should have been a rope break uh, because the rules always have been, it's not about touching the ropes, it's about breaking that plane. That's why you have to drag them to the center so they can't even get their hands underneath it. I feel like they've kind of changed that because when is the last time we've actually seen, oh, their hand is under the, under the ropes and it's a rope break. I've always seen people, at least in the last two, three years or so, where they've actually had to have grabbed the rope. It, you know, you, you can make that argument, except the whole reason the, the going under the ropes, breaking the plane was an important thing um, is, is it's not that you were grabbing the ropes to break it. It's that you were showing that part of your body was out of bounds. Just like a football player catching the ball with one foot out of bound, you're out of bound. All pins have to happen inside the ropes, correct? Right. So if True. Sasha's legs are outside of the ropes when she makes a pin, she is not in bound. So, um, okay. Devil's advocate a little bit here. Advantage to owning your own fake sport company. <laughs> I I get it. I get it. There, there are no fucking rules. <laughs> he, here's the thing. It, the fix for it is so simple. You hit the same double knee move in the corner. She crumples down. You take half a second to grab her, pull her a foot in, and then oh, pin. You know, God. and then I don't, I don't have this problem at all. But I mean, we're talking about uh, Becky, not Becky, uh, Sasha Banks, uh, who's one of the better wrestler women's wrestlers in WWE or at least considered that by most right um versus Naomi a multi-time women's champion um in uh, a major match I, I can't remember if it was the main event but it was it was close to um I mean that that's just that's just sloppy choreography if you ask me. um and and keeping in mind that we're just coming off Elimination Chamber, where they had some actually phenomenal choreography in a few of the matches, it just disappoints me that they just didn't think, right? And that's why I've got a crime on it. It's because, it, you know, WWE's been getting a lot better recently, 
Um, and this is just like a rookie mistake. This is something I would expect to see on an independent booking somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. And and if Jim Cornette doesn't raise a fuss about that, then I call BS on him entirely. <laughs> oh, for sure. He's definitely going to mention something if he hasn't already. I haven't noticed. Um, or but like a bunch of people on Twitter, though, had brought it to his attention. So I'm sure he'll eventually comment on it. Good, because like, I mean, it's almost given. It's it was just like it. When you talk about wrestling, you've got suspension of disbelief, and and moments like that are breaks of suspension of disbelief more so than Joey Ryan's dick flip or uh, Orange Cassidy's hands in the pocket, right? Right. More so than Joey Ryan's dick flip. <laughs> more so to me, you know, because here's the I can suspend disbelief. And and watch that because it at least follows rules. It's got rules set up that they follow, where except for gravity and inertia and and logic. Yeah, it, but yeah, it's go got, on. It's got its go own on. form of logic. <laughs> He's got the most powerful cock in the world. Jesus. Period. Out of all words. Out of all words. All right. Fair enough. Um, he he raises really good chickens. I mean, really good chickens. <laughs> Most Fair powerful enough. ones. Yeah. The male ones are extremely powerful. Uh, I don't know about snap. the heads. They might be or not. I don't know. <laughs> but we can't say that because we don't want to be sexist. Horrible. So, so that's, that's my thing. It's because it's like, you know, you can establish all sorts of rules in professional wrestling. And once you establish it as a rule, it's easy to follow, right? You can establish <laughs> that this guy is actually a dead man um and that's why he's really hard to beat because he's not alive oh okay i can i can buy into that and follow it right mm. but when you I feel like have... there's been obsessive things lately for you on example just side note go on but 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 the, this is one of those ones where you're not even following the rules of the universe that you have set up and that's where i get oh, a little bit a little bit pissy about it, right? So, so that's that's my main crime. Did either of you have something to to bring to the table? Oh, I mean, the overabundance of tag matches on SmackDown is what I originally thought you were just gonna allude to. Um, I just felt, although granted, showcasing a bunch of tag teams is awesome because they definitely need to do something with their tag team division. But I swear to you, I thought this was a Teddy Long SmackDown. I was almost certain that he had to have been on the show at some point because hot diggity damn, they're just this SmackDown entirely of all its booking. I charge the booking team of just not being so creative for this SmackDown because not only was it just an abundance of SmackDown tag team matches but then you had the gauntlet tag team match to end the SmackDown which took you an hour anyways like holy hell yeah so I'm looking at this a total of four matches took place on SmackDown uh, including the gauntlet match and three of them were tag team yeah the only one that was not tag team was the um, Apollo Crews versus Sheamus squash match. Oh, which no one watched anyways. That's why I completely forgot. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a squash geez. match. And uh, I didn't even know Apollo Crews still wrestled. Yeah, well, they <laughs> had guy. the backstage vignette where uh, Chad Gable, I'm not going to call him Shorty G. I don't care how much they want me to. 
Uh, Chad Gable came up and offered his services to help out his support. If you need help, if you need support on the outside, I got your back. And Apollo Crews was like, ah, man, I don't need no help from you. And then went out and got squashed by Sheamus. So maybe he went back and said, I, I, I kind of need a little help. Maybe I need a little help. <laughs> so about that support. Uh, <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, remember, remember when you said you got my back um, and, and I spit in your face? Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I saw. So, no. So I way too many tag matches, and 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 more specifically, uh, two of the tag matches were women's tag matches. Which, yay, get more women on on the show. I'm all for that. But uh, we had two different women's tag matches. Um, yet the women's tag champions have not been seen on SmackDown in uh, months. Who are the women's tag champions? Uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Oh, right. Yeah. Asuka, who was in a, a singles match in Elimination Chamber uh, right. tonight, and Kyrie Sane, who was in a singles match on Raw on Monday. No, no, no. But the SmackDown tag team champion. There's, there's, there's only both, right? one women's right. tag champion. Okay. They go across both brands. True. All three, okay. All three brands, technically, yes. Um, and so it 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 was a good match. I here's the deal. I don't have a problem with her and Kyrie being both matches. My problem is that they're the tag champions and they're not doing anything with the tag belts. If you're gonna have uh, people and you don't want to put them in tag matches to defend the tag belts, then don't make them tag champions. That's a simple right. choice there, you know. Um, <laughs> because you know on SmackDown you had Fire and Desire. Um, you know, who are a tag team um, who have gone after the belts. You have uh, uh, Carmella and Dana Brooke aren't officially a tag team, but they were in it that match. Be. But they might as well be, <laughs> you know. They, you have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, who are former women's tag champions, just sitting there. Oh. Um, and the women's tag belts uh, have not been defended, if I'm correct, have not been defended since TLC. Yep. Nope. That's right. That's, that's messed up. And three pay-per-views, if you count Super Showdown. And yes, we know they're not going to do a women's match. Uh, women's and, and by the way, I know we're sidetracking here, but I just rewatched the SmackDown pin that Sasha Banks gave to Naomi. Her arms were not underneath the ropes. Uh... Naomi's arms weren't. Naomi's arms were not under. Sasha's legs were under, which it's effectively to use the football reference. It's like tackling someone, but your feet are outside the the field, out of bounds. Uh, Tackle doesn't count. You get a penalty. Okay, yeah. Her legs were under the ropes. That would would be American football for those of you who say football. Yes. Oh, fair enough. No one watches Canada. Should we call it hand egg for those people out there listening? They'll know what that means. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Go anyway, sorry to backtrack. Great, great crimes for both of you. My one crime is going to deflect us actually back to uh, elimination chamber, which is what most of this is going to be about. Um, there are four singles titles that are considered the prestige of the. None of those were on the line. Zero of those were on the line. That is a crime. I, I don't know how you can have a title change at Super Showdown, the pigeonhole um, pay-per-view um, that gets pigeonholed between two pay-per-views that are already in a, a reasonable distance apart, and so you just throw this extra one in and give it two weeks on each side of that. 
you're going to have a title change there. And because of that, you're going to sacrifice a pay-per-view that, that's got one of the cooler structures in the game. Uh, and I know you don't like it, Smarks, but you don't I, like it. I don't dislike it. I actually wish they'd go back to the round one. I liked the extra height the square one has, but the round one looked so a combination. Yep. Uh, but so you have those the these extra things that are happening, and you don't have a, uh, the one of the four top singles titles there. You don't have the top women's tag title or the only women's tag. Title. There were no women's titles on the line. There no. Was a title but yeah, there was the men's Ross tag uh, tag champions, the men's SmackDown tag champions, and the IC belt were the only. And oh, the US, and US guys, yeah. come on! Like, but that's what I'm saying. So you're not technically right on that because you did have four titles. You had arguably the top four titles aside from the world championships. Well, um, which... but that's why he said I'm gonna defend uh, Fabe here. He said the four top titles. The four yeah. prestige titles, meaning the Universal, the WWE Championship, the Women's SmackDown, the Women's Raw. None of those were defended no, on this. NXT, NXT was involved. Yeah, well, NXT was involved for one person, so we, we will give yeah. that a pass. But, um, so, so none of those four showed up. In fact, only one of them even showed up, and that was uh, video packages of Becky standing backstage watching the women's elimination chamber she yeah, didn't come right. out for a promo. she didn't even come out on the stage and hold it up to taunt uh the winner she just was shown backstage watching it on a on a tv the yeah. other thing that goes along with that is so does this mean we have mid-card pay-per-views which i think is an okay thing if we if we establish mid-card pay-per-views as mid-card paper really the royal rumble is a mid-card paper it's designed for the mid-card vaulted into the main event um, at some point, some way, shape. So I'm okay with card pay-per-view. Just own it as a mid-card pay-per-view. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, and, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. The problem with, you know, designing it as a mid-card pay-per-view <laughs> is without at least the potential threat of a major title change at it, you, you uh, lose that potential draw. Um, you know, there, there's literally some people who would just say, well, you know, if if the championship can't be defended at that, I don't even want to watch it. So I, I think you have to at least leave the option open of bigger championship being defended at all pay-per-views. But I'm not even saying they had to be defended, but at least represent them there. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's no reason that they couldn't have had Goldberg or Brock Lesnar even just sitting in the crowd with the belt. Like, I'm going to mm -hmm. watch this match to see how this person does, you know? Well, but there's there's no reason for them to do that when there's not. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. There's no reason for them to do that when there's not uh, a, a contenders match even. Like, there wasn't. Uh, I. Uh, so we talked about or I ranted a little they bit. They could have at least did a contract signing or something. Yeah. So I ranted about this a little bit earlier today. So one one of the matches for WrestleMania is a guy who came out and said, I'm next. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I, I want to do that. Yeah, and so, so even if you didn't want to have Goldberg there, you have Roman come out and deliver a promo, yeah. hyping up the match for WrestleMania. Then you at least have representation for that title match 
uh, there. What are your big? But yeah, you you look at it. You didn't have Goldberg. You didn't have Brock. You didn't have Roman there. Uh, you didn't have Drew McIntyre. Uh, you know, your four top guys from your two main roster shows weren't even on this. And then uh, Becky, uh, not Becky, Bailey and Sasha weren't on it, so your women's SmackDown champion wasn't on it. Oscar uh, was on it, but Kyrie Sane wasn't there, so she didn't come out with the belt. So your women's tag belts weren't officially on, you know, represented. Uh, so yes, you had the IC belt, you had the US belt, and you had the the um, the two tag belts, the Raw and SmackDown men's tag belts on there. But I mean. You know, if if you want to do it that way, then you should do an entire pay-per-view that's built up around tag matches. You know what I mean? Where it starts yeah. out, it's it's effectively a tournament. You know, it starts out with four tag matches, and the winners of those go on to face each other, and the winners of that go on to face the tag chain or something. You know? Men's and women's, because you have men's, women's, and and separate divisions, you get the rest time between them as well. So you could, you could really do a very, very good pay-per-view with that. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, back in the day, uh, King of the Ring was often done, you know, as one long pay-per-view. You know, instead of having qualifying matches beforehand, setting up the King of the Ring match, you just had them all on the one pay-per-view. And that was fun to watch because it was kind of like watching March Madness all in one night, you know? Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, but now, I don't know. That being said, I, I don't want uh, it to feel like we're just we're just crapping on Elimination Chamber. We had problems with Elimination Chamber, but actually it was a pretty entertaining pay-per-view overall. Better better pay-per-view than expected with the the that happening, with what I just mentioned happening. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm and, speaking for myself and, and I'm pretty sure on DFA, but... Justin, what were your thoughts on Elimination Chamber overall? Well, no, but here is the problem too, right? Because of how this Elimination Chamber entire, this whole card was structured, because everything was set up for the main title fights and they did a bunch of stuff at Super Showdown to just display everything, Elimination Chamber this year was just a pointless card. And here I'm thinking, but wait, always drunk going into WrestleMania? Was Elimination Chamber always kind of pointless? And then I found myself looking back at other Elimination Chamber cards from 2019, 2018. The titles were always defended. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's why I never thought of Elimination Chamber as like a, a, like a, a, a sub-card pay-per-view because it at least still provided something. And I still didn't feel like it took anything away from WrestleMania. But this well, one was just... I think what you're running into there is the effects of Super Showdown, the Saudi shows. Because they had title matches just, what, two weeks ago at Super Showdown? Uh, they, they felt like they didn't need to have those title matches here. It would have been too much in their minds. Um, and they that's could have why at least cut it or something, though, man. Because although this was relatively, this pay per view was entertaining, it still was just all right. I'm still kind of wasting three hours, though. I felt like it was nothing. It's not gonna. There's no storyline that's progressing here. Um, there there were a couple storylines that progressed in ways that were uh, maybe surprising. Um, and then um, 
you know, in in a quick ad for um, when you get done listening to this podcast, go over and check to see if the newest episode of Tatnus Co. Tatnus Uncentered is out because that's the one that we're guesting on. And in it, I made four uh, pre-crime predictions uh, for uh, Elimination Chamber. And I'm not going to give away what they are, but by my count, I'm four for four on those. All four of those pre-crime predictions came true. Um, but like, you know, uh, the AJ Styles versus Aleister Black, it did help set up AJ Styles' WrestleMania. Um, so it, it did further yes. a storyline. Uh, the, but we all uh, knew that was going to happen. It, well, yes and no, you know. Some of us expected, some of us didn't. You know, the crowd obviously erupted like they did not expect Undertaker to show up. So, um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, the women's elimination chamber match ended the way that I think pretty much everyone expected. It was, yeah. in that respect, predictable. However, the way they did it was actually better than I expected because they they basically sacrificed all five of those other people on the altar of Shayna Baszler, you know? Yeah. Well, I thought Live Morgan actually looked pretty decent. Yeah. Like, the fact Liv, that... Liv looked decent. She lasted longer than anyone else. Uh, well, Asuka, I think, Asuka. lasted longer. Wow. Really? I don't know. I think, she, I think Liv was longer than Asuka. It, 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 may, it might be close either way, but she lasted longer than anyone else up till her. Definitely. I mean, the only one that gave her a run was Natalia, but only because uh, Shayna decided to just beat the piss out of Natalia for, you know, a minute and a half. Uh, you know, so, so, but that's my point is, is, you know, it at least shows that they are, for the time being at least, uh, dedicated to making Shayna Baszler look like the monster that she should be going into this match at WrestleMania. Um, you know, there, there, there were some great, we'll just go ahead and go into the whole Elimination Chamber card since we're kind of on it. Um, uh, in the kickoff show, there was a five-minute-long match that had not been announced prior. Viking Raiders versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Yawn. Like, I like Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Um, but you throw them in a match with the Viking Raiders on the kickoff show, we know what's going to happen. You know, Squash. Yeah. yeah. Going to be a squash. Took place less than five minutes, and then it was... Uh, yeah. Then the show started officially with Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak uh, in what arguably might be match of the night. Um, Man, I missed it. Really? <laughs> uh, it it was it was technical. It was Ooh, okay. brutal. Uh, Daniel Bryan had welts on his back and chest after leaving that match. Um, it it literally was. There was a point at one point where they were rolling back and forth uh daniel bryan trying to hit a, put the label lock the yes lock on and drew gulak ro rolling through and trying to put on the gulak and then uh daniel bryan rolling through and trying to get back to the yes lock and and all this stuff um it, it was a really good match um so did it further anything, any real feud going into WrestleMania? Not directly, although the backstage segment that they posted on WWE.com afterwards, interview with uh, Daniel Bryan, basically had him praising Drew Gulak uh, and saying, I feel, I, after that match, I feel invigorated and now I want to train with Drew Gulak, you know? And so oh, he's really God. elevating Drew Gulak. And to be perfectly honest, uh, can you imagine the 
the sort of havoc that could go on with a Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak team going into the the tag division there. No, he he's a great wrestler, Drew Gulak. Well, I've yeah. seen him. Gulak and, you know, and, like... and the team of them just absolute technical masterpieces. So so if you haven't seen I... it, go watch it. Fair enough. But. Uh, then we went on to Andrade uh, versus Humberto Carrillo for the 272nd thousandth time. Uh, it was a good match. He counted. Yep. It took me a long time today to count. <laughs> it was a good match, though. It was a good match. They're both capable of putting on great matches. Um, I'm hoping that... Uh, with the way they finished it, it's going to at least take Humberto out of the feud for a while so he can he can have matches with other people. Because he can put on a great match, but I'd love to see him put on a great match with someone else for a while. Yeah. yeah. Admitting, uh-huh. I'd love to see him put on a great match with his cousin for a while. But, but he did that for, you know, when Andrade was uh, quote-unquote injured, uh, suspended. Indisposed. <laughs> Uh, indisposed, yes. Um, uh, they had a bunch of matches with Angel Garza, and and they're great. But like, I'm ready for for all of them to move on to matches with other people, um, and specifically to move on to m- matches with non luchador, right? Right. Because they they're really just kind of pigeonholing all of them into they wrestle other luchadors. Um, <laughs> right. But but a Humberto Carrillo versus a Daniel Bryan would be a fun match to see. I mean, I know they're Raw and SmackDown, so, you know, but you're, you talk about a contrasting of styles would be fun to see. Yeah, but instead, it's just, I, you know, I bet you on Raw tomorrow, there's going to be an Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo again. Yep, I see it. Uh, but, like, it was a good match. I don't want to take away from the technical skill of the match. It told a great story, all of that stuff. I'm just a little tired of the two of them together, right? Uh, Look, they've always shoved it down our throats, so very understandable. Um, the next match was uh, the first Elimination Chamber match of the two tonight. Um, and I actually... I was impressed and surprised that they went in this order. Um, I kind of half expected the women's match to be first and the men's tag match to be the last one tonight. Uh, really? Just just the way WWE has gone sometimes. That's where my brain was thinking. But no, they went with the men's tag elimination chamber match early on. Um, it basically went the way I expected it to go overall. Uh, Lucha Botch Party came in and botched some moves and then hit some big moves and then got eliminated, sort of a thing. Um, uh, Miz and John Morrison, uh, John Morrison did some crazy moves off the top. Kofi Kingston did some crazy moves off the top. Uh, Usos, for the most part, stayed on solid ground. Uh, Heavy Machinery actually did a couple big moves off the top. And, uh... Or through the chamber. Hmm? Or through the chamber. Yes, and then Otis Otis ran uh, not just through the wall into one of the pods, but then through the wall of the pod out onto the floor. So, um, I'm, I'm saying this now. Whoever builds those pods really needs to go back to engineering school because there are some flaws in those. It seems every year someone breaks straight through the pod somehow. <laughs> Um, and, you know, if that happened on any other job site, someone would be fired. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, I don't know now. I haven't watched I haven't watched a Heavy Machinery match in a while, but I was actually really impressed with um, what's his name? Not Otis, but the other one. Tucker. Tucker. I Tucker. Like I really felt that they, or at least in this match, he showcased a lot more of his talent. And they're I feel like he can actually even move on to like a singles. Comp- I don't think they'll do it, but he can move on to a singles competitive role because he has the look and. The moves I saw him do at Chamber, I was just like, oh, man, this guy's actually really good. He's actually got a little bit of a a smaller Kevin Nash, sort of. Um, Like, he does a big sidewalk slam, kind of like Kevin Nash did. He's he's a big guy overall. But at the same point, he can still move. Um, There was a a point where he was yelling at... um, one of the, the Lucha, Lucha House Party guy that, that did the uh, Street Stars press from the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was yelling at him, and I went, oh, my God, he's in he's in um, captain position right now. And, I, and he obviously wasn't for the whole match, but dude is, is trusted enough by six other tag teams, because there were still 12 people in, mm-hmm. um, was trusted enough by 12 people. And he's only been on the main card for a year, maybe, a little yeah. less. Um, he got to be in captain position. He was calling the shots for a short while. And yeah, that was when he was telling him to go do the shooting star press. It's one of those things where um, I think Otis kind of overshadows Tucker in the tag team because he Otis is such a huge personality. Yeah. Mm. Hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and and it kind of overshadows Tucker. But Tucker's a very, very good wrestler, and you know, like you said, he he could probably have a singles run at some point. Um, but you know, as long as Otis is there, being the crazy, really big guy and doing the caterpillar, you know, he'll always kind of be second fiddle in that, and so it's kind of sad. Um, probably my only problem with this match is what you alluded to—the shooting star press sort of thing off the roof. Um, and it was, uh, there was that moment where, like, all the other tag teams are in the middle of the ring, and you can tell that they're all kind of just with, okay, we gotta move over this way, we gotta get ready, because he's gonna fall from the roof. Okay, now we gotta look up like we we didn't see him up there. Oh my god, there he is! And then they just stand there while he slowly does right. his swing <laughs> and then shoots our press. And I'm just like, yo, yes, I get it. From a logistical standpoint, I know. They have to be there to catch him when he comes down. That's the way these things work. But, uh, you know, the timing of it was just a little bit too much time of them just standing there waiting for it. And I think it was the camera guy's fault too, though, because the first time one of the luchas went on top of a pod and then Otis was also outside. I think Otis was confused too because Otis was standing outside. And he's like, is he going to go against us? And Otis went inside the ring and then he went out again because he wasn't even sure what he he was supposed to do. Like I felt that was right before that. That was exactly there. Yeah, that's where where I thought Tucker took the captain in role because he's telling him he he just, uh, man, I wish uh, Metal League, I think is Metal League. And who's the other one? Uh, Lindsay Dorado. Lindsay was Uh, the one. uh, Who did the best? Lindsay was the one with like the cat mask and uh, Grand Metalik had the longer hair. So I think it was Lindsay who did came down off the top and Grand Metalik was the one who was on the pod. If I'm correct. So yeah. So yeah, that I 
I that's why I thought so much. I was like, I can't believe Tucker's taking the lead on this right now. I mean, there were it started with the Usos and New Day, and Tucker was taking the lead right there. Like, get up there, get up there, get up there. You're supposed to be up there. We're gonna have this thing going on. Um, I will say it was kind of nice, and we'll get to the women's elimination chamber at the end, but. It was kind of nice because sometimes with these Elimination Chamber pay-per-views, the the multiple Elimination Chamber matches tell basically the same story. You know what I mean? And with these, they told different story. You Fair know, enough. you know, on this one, you had uh, you know some people like the Usos who were basically in it from the beginning. You know. Uh, and and lasted all the way through until all of the teams were in, and then people started getting older. And the women's match did not go that way. Nope. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit, but we'll go ahead and move on to Aleister Black uh, versus AJ Styles. And uh, this was a no disqualification match, um, which m- probably about my only gripe is and I think someone on AEW at one point even mentioned it in a no disqualification match. Um, but the entire match you had Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows standing outside of the ring um, and being threatening towards Alistair Black, but not touching him. And I'm like, it's a no DQ match. There's nothing just wrong. Start attacking. <laughs> yeah, just just start it off. Triple team him right from the beginning. There's there's nothing wrong with that. That's the whole point of no DQ matches. They favor the heel uh, because the heel doesn't have to play nice they can uh but the match went went through at the beginning for quite a while um and went you know aj styles beating up on alistair black uh and working on his leg and then and then it moved on to the phase where alistair black starts to make his his comeback and then the oc uh decided to to try to come in and help aj out um and so the big twist on this was uh, they've beat up on Alistair Black enough. They're trying to pick him up to set up for the phenomenal forearm so AJ can put him away. And then I'm trying to decide whether I think it was a, a, a planned way or a, ki- a slight mistake in production. But you had the um, Undertaker dong go off before the lights. I think and- that was planned because it was gong, lights out, gong, lights back on, gong, lights out, gong, lights back on. I think that was the Yeah, sequel. I think that was planned. It, yeah. it it very well could have been, but it was one of those things like, if you're AJ Styles and uh, the OC, right, and you hear that gong... Um, you should just run? <laughs> yeah, you know, you just get out of the ring, you know? And then gong, the lights come on, and, and, and he's standing there in the ring... Uh, but you're not there. He can't hurt you. Um, but anyways, but so lights come back on. Undertaker's in the ring. Uh, he's got Gallows and Anderson in kind of chokeholds. Kind it, it, the the camera angle was not great, so you couldn't tell because it almost looked like he had him in mandible claws. But <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm like, why is he using the mandible claws? Yeah, but you couldn't really tell. So I'm guessing it was just choke chokes, but um. And then AJ Styles went to jump and do the phenomenal forearm on Undertaker, and Undertaker turned around and caught him in a choke slam and slammed him. And then, like you said, uh, gong, lights go off, gong, lights come back on, Undertaker's nowhere to be found. Uh, 
Anderson and Gallows must have rolled out of the ring, I guess, because they're not in the ring anymore. Because the choke put them out. Yeah, well, obviously not enough that they couldn't roll out of the ring. No, no, you don't do that. Yeah, you. It, it just incapacitated them enough that they're like, oh man, I better, I better deuce out of the ring. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was jokey. Ugh. Oh man, uh, I think I'm gonna go wash my neck now. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> helping AJ now. Yeah. I get oh. choked when I, when I help AJ. Um, uh, leaving Alistair Black to. Uh, Pick up AJ, hit him with the black mass, and and get the win. And by the way, I did like that. The fact that they just didn't th- gang up on him right from the beginning, because at least there was showcasing some wrestling abilities. And then kind of how AJ always usually does it. He gets fed up, and he's like, all right, come and mess him up. You know what I mean? So I, I like that. It at least gave Alistair Black a chance. I, I think... I think the better way to do that exact same thing would have been to have Gallows and Anderson in the back and have it be like AJ Styles comes out and I'm going to do it by myself. I don't need them. And then at some point he waves to the back and then they come. And then I don't have that argument, but just the fact that they were standing there acting all threatening, I'm like, come on, guys, just hit him. You know, mm. you're there. Might as well. You can't get disqualified for. You don't even have to try to distract the ref. For. You can look the ref right. straight in the eyes and say, "Watch me." <laughs> See yeah. that? Did it again? You can't do nothing. You can't do anything. <laughs> Anyways, but no. I overall, I liked this match. It um, it made Alistair Black look great because nothing AJ did could put him away. Um, yep. Every time AJ had had something, Alistair Black ended up with an answer. Um, and, and it ended with Alistair Black finally getting his win against AJ, albeit with the help of Undertaker. Um, but it's not like Alistair called for Undertaker. Undertaker came out to save him because he was being triple T, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and he still beat AJ clean in the ring, one, two, three. So he gets the credit from that. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with Alistair now. Because uh, obviously AJ is going to go into a WrestleMania feud with Undertaker, which was rumored and not surprising with the way that he's been teasing the Undertaker over the last few weeks. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a five-star match. wasn't my favorite match of the night, but it also wasn't my least favorite match of the night. I do want to roll back to the other one that was a that was a put over match along with this one, um, along with the the final two eliminations in the women's chamber. There was so this one obviously put over um, Black very very well, built a feud, um, probably the most effective set, first or second most effective in terms of building a storyline uh, or continuing a storyline. It was this one. But that Gulak match, I forget. We forgot to mention he passed out. He didn't tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did. He That's did the a... ultimate face. Yeah, not tapping. Passed out. Rep stopping. So. Yeah, and so um, there is something to be said for that too. On how that put him over, um, and that happened twice in the women's elimination chamber as well, um, where the people passed out. They didn't tap out. So, and yeah, that that is an important distinction to know. I mean. We talked on FBI this week about uh, Stone Cold uh, and and the whole thing there, and we're not going to rehash all of that, but but just think about it this way. If they'd have booked the, that whole thing, the rise of Stone Cold, exactly the same, except he doesn't pass out 
in the sharpshoot. He, he taps out in the sharpshoot. Right? Yeah, Suddenly, that's... that whole thing takes a different feeling. What, when he was bleeding? Yeah. Yeah. He you tapped know, out? If... No, he passed out. He, he passed out. Tap out. But if, 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 if they had done it the other and... way, if they had done it the other way and had him tap out instead, that whole oh, yeah. takes a different feeling, right? The for fact sure. that he yeah. passed out was really the ultimate baby-faced moment for him. And that's what got the crowd 100% behind him. And yes, it's important that Drew Gulak uh, did not tap out, he passed out. And yes, it's going to come up in the in the women's elimination chamber match. It was not the you know not tap outs on all of them. It was there were pass outs. Um, moving on to the next match though, uh, Street Profits defending their Raw Tag Championships um, in a rematch that um, gee I th- I thought champions weren't supposed to get automatic rematches um but somehow or another uh rollins and murphy got rematches for i don't know reason um uh but when wait um, when was that a thing if you lose the title if you lose the title you have a right to a rematch clause that's that, still not that's a thing it was but about a year and a half ago uh, uh triple h uh, stephanie mcmahon shane mcmahon and vince mcmahon came out uh, on TV and said, we're going to give you guys what you want. And one of the first things we're doing is there will no longer be automatic rematches. And oh. they made a really big deal about it. And for about two months, uh, they stuck to it really, really hard. When someone lost a belt, there wasn't an automatic rematch. You don't get a rematch. You go to the back of the line, Jack. Um, and then they started making up reasons why people would get rematches until Kofi lost the belt. And uh, then they're like, oh, do you want, you you know, you don't get a rematch because there are no automatic rematches. And Kofi apparently was like, okay, cool. I guess I don't want the (laughs) And so so that's the deal is they made a really big deal about how they were getting rid of the automatic rematch clause because they felt like that was something that bugged us, which DFA and I have talked about on a previous show. We didn't hate the automatic rematch clause. What we hated was when people would get locked into five, six, seven, eight, nine, twenty, fifty rematches, right? So, uh, so and so would have the championship, and he'd lose it to the other guy, and then they'd have the rematch, and he'd lose it back to this guy, and then they'd have a rematch, uh, and then the person would retain it, but the other person would say, "No, I want another rematch," and then they'd get another rematch. That's what we don't like: is endless rematches. But the way right. the rule was set up, if you're the champion and a challenger comes along and beats you, you have the right to demand a chance to win it back. And if you win it back, great. And if you don't, back at the line, Jack, sort of a thing. So it, it was a way to build a feuds because you think about it this way. If um, they still had the automatic rematch clause in it, they could have had a match at Elimination Chamber that was uh, Bray Wyatt trying to win back the belt from Goldberg. Um, it would have at least been a championship match at Elimination Chamber. Uh, but instead, Bray Wyatt just is like, oh, I've lost the belt. Oh, okay, that's fine. Now I'm going to go challenge uh, John Cena instead. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. Yeah. You know, there should be an automatic rematch clause. There's a reason that that's in there. It's because it helps you make storylines. But they right. made a big deal about getting rid of it. And that, but like right here, for some reason or other, Seth Rollins and Murphy got rematches for 
I don't know, reasons? They didn't explain for some reason. Other than because got... he's the Monday Night Messiah. That's that's the only reason you uh-huh. need, officer. He called his dad God and said, Hey, dad, <laughs> um, could you make sure I have a rematch? And it was Monday promo, night. If that so was won. a promo, that would have been awesome. But it wasn't a Monday night, so uh, they lost. Street Profits retained, which actually kind of surprised me because I kind of expected this this was going to be a screw job finish where Rollins and Murphy got the belts back um, with the help of AOP or something it like still that. It was a screw job finish. I will, I'm going to flat out say it. This was to me, and I know you didn't care much for the Umberto and uh, uh, Andrade match. This was the snooze fest of the night for me. And I had, and it might be, I might be a really horrible, crappy person. But when I say snooze fest, I fell asleep during this match. Um, this wasn't the worst match of the night for me. I, like I said, I didn't hate the match Andrade versus Humberto. I just hated the fact that it was the 37,000th time we've watched that match. Um, I added another 10,000. Uh, ah, there we go. Nice. Now, the snooze fest of the night, actually, is the next to me. Um, well, we'll I, get... I, agree. I actually slept over into this match, just so you know in advance. So <laughs> but, <laughs> But so Street Profits end up retaining. Yes, there was uh, interference by AOP at one point, and then uh, Viking Raiders came out to even up the odds and and yada, yada, yada. But the Street Profits ended up uh, winning, so they retained, and they're still the Raw Tag Champions. Hey. Uh, Moving on. Smoke, baby. They got smoke. They got smoke. Tell them. But moving on to the second to last match, to me, this was the worst match of the night. Um, and also the WTF match of the night. Because I just, I don't get what they're doing. I, I don't understand it. It seemed like they were working on building up Bronstrup, right? And so, while I wasn't thinking it was going to be a great match, I thought it was going to be a six-minute squash match that made Braun Strowman look like a monster, right? We had Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn in a three-on-one handicap match for the Intercontinental belt that Braun Strowman won, what, a month ago? Something like that. Um, And keeping in mind, this was Braun Strowman's first singles belt in WWE, um, which is a shame, uh, especially since two years ago he was hot as napalm. Um, But uh, they put him in this match, and I just kind of figured it was going to be that thing where... You know, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke try to team up, and but Braun Strowman goes all beast mode and and takes them all out and ends up pinning Sami Zayn to show that he's a big badass and and going from there. But no, that's not what happened. Um, and do Sami Zayn pinned Braun Strowman with the help of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, he didn't do it all by himself. Uh, Shinsuke hit a big Kinshasa, and uh, then Sami Zayn was able to pin Braun Strowman uh, to become your Intercontinental Champion. Which, like I say, it's confusing to me, because to me that just makes Braun Strowman look like a little bitch now, you know? Uh, The other thing that it does is it makes um, Shinsuke and Cesaro little bitches. Yeah. They literally didn't even want to pin get the win. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, Here. Sammy, you can have it. Yeah, go, oh yeah. Go do it, boss man. Um, and then Braun Strowman left in the ring going, what just happened? Oh, jeez, I don't know. 
And this is this was his first singles belt. They should have had him be a monster with it for three or four months before losing it, in my opinion. And the, and he should have lost it because he decided he wanted to go up to to the the WWE title match. You know, I don't need the IC belt anymore because I'm going to go after Roman Reigns. You know, for the WWE that, title. Ever. That might be why they did this because if if Brock is taking a break and they're putting this on. Drew, um, Seth isn't Seth's in a feud already with uh, with Kevin Kevin Owens, and so they may need a title contender. But well, I they think, have to move him back to Raw first for that to happen. Wait, isn't isn't the IC on Raw? The IC is now on SmackDown. They during the the changeup, uh, the draft back in what was it September? I thought uh, Carrillo and and Andrade were on. No, you're right. You're right, and I know that now because um, they keep couples together in Zelina's. Okay, yep, you're right. My mistake. So, so, but, I mean, that's not saying they can't do it. They're, well, they have a draft right after WrestleMania, so that does make do. So, but they, they that would be something that they would have to do. But after that snooze fest, we move on to a match that I, I anticipate will be a little polarizing. I anticipate some people will not like the way the women's elimination chamber match played out. Um, Some people will argue that it just jobbed out half of the women's division. I don't necessarily see it that way. I thought it was actually really good storytelling Uh, because like I said, they sacrificed everybody at the altar of Shayna Baszler. Yeah. uh, Setting up the match, Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Um, And that's what makes it have a big match. But they shouldn't have put Asuka in the match they shouldn't have put natalia in the match they could have put like i don't know um anyone else because it makes oscar look bad in the end it does i i kind of see that but at the same point you know i you can play it off as everyone overlooked baszler because baszler was just the nxt girl you know we don't we we don't have experience fighting her um so but but literally, uh, and this is why I, I think some people might have a little bit of a problem. Uh, Shayna Baszler entered after most of the rest of the people were in there. The only people who were still in chambers at that point was Liv Morgan and Asuka. Uh, so it started off with... Um, Ruby and Natty. Ruby and Natty were, were the ones in there, yes. Ruby was oh, fantastic yeah. during that part. Mm-hmm. And Ru- Ruby Riot's phenomenal. I love yeah, Ruby Natty Riot. was, too, but Ruby sold everything Natty did. Um, and then you had Sarah Logan enter, and so there was a little bit of a smosh between uh, Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan uh, and Natalia and all that stuff. But then Shayna Baszler came in and tapped out Sarah Logan. Uh, three moves. Hit her with uh, the, the move, the whatever over-the-shoulder slam that she does, the knee to the face, and then um, hit her hit her with the... Um, the sleeper. Sleeper. I don't know what it's called. Karafuna uh, <laughs> Clutch. Much. My, my brain right. kept saying uh, uh, Samoa Joe's name Co- for it. And I'm like, Co-tina. no, it's not the Coquina Clutch for her. It's the Karafuna <laughs> Clutch. Um... And then moved over to Ruby Riot and picked her up and did the same three moves to Ruby Riot and then took Kirafuna Clutch to, to Ruby Riot. And and I'm going to point out that um, uh, I think it was Ruby Riot was the first one to pass out, not tap. Yep. 
No, uh, Sarah she Logan, she Sarah she Logan tap, Ruby, Ruby tapped. Did Ruby, Ruby tap? I thought, I thought Ruby passed out. Anyway. All three of those tapped. Um, no, I think either Sarah or uh, Ruby uh, fell off. Like, she just fell. She just fell asleep. Watch she didn't tap it. out. All three I, tapped. Yeah. We'll, re- we'll rewatch it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. My, my point still being, um, then uh, Shayna Baszler went and just beat the absolute piss out of Natalia. Like, I yes. kind of wonder what Natalia did to Shayna Baszler to deserve <laughs> that sort of beating that the other people didn't get. Uh, you know, but yeah, Booker, man, she can take the beatings though. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Maybe it, maybe it was the gimp outfit that just pissed Shayna Baszler <laughs> off. <laughs> so, or maybe uh, Shayna Baszler thought, well, with that sort of outfit, you can you like pain, so I'm gonna give you a lot of it. <laughs> but and then tapped Natalia out. Yep. Uh, and then stood in the ring waiting, looking at both of the, the pods that were left. Liv Morgan in one, Asuka in the other on opposite sides. And just kind of paced back and forth taunting them for, I don't know, like two and a half minutes? Three yeah. minutes? Like, they could have they could have stretched it out a bit. I mean, to just get rid of everyone that fast. I get it, you're trying to prove a point. But there was a lot of wait time, especially after, well... We'll talk about Liv Liv Morgan getting out first, where she got brutalized as well. Yeah. So Liv Morgan comes out, puts on a pretty decent show, more than uh, anyone else so far against uh, Shayna. Shayna brutalizes her and eventually uh, puts her in the Kirifuna clutch uh, while sitting on the top rope. So Liv Morgan is hanging. Yeah. Liv Morgan is hanging and struggling, and Liv Morgan passes out. Does not tap. Great visual. Yeah, uh, great visual. visual. And uh, then Shayna just drops her and then just kind of stands there waiting for Asuka to get released. And uh, Asuka then gets released. And a little bit of back and forth. Asuka trying to hit some buzzsaw kicks and that. Uh, But it ends basically the same way. Asuka in uh, the Kirifuna clutch. Asuka passes out. Um, and and here's the deal is it's actually fitting when you look at timetables, right? Um, so of course the elimination chamber starts out two people in the ring, and then every five minutes afterwards, um, another person enters, right? So um, so of course the first two people, like you said, were Natalia and Ruby Riot, right? Uh, then uh, Sarah Logan was the third person in. Five minutes I- into it, Sarah Logan comes in. Uh, and then, uh, when Shayna Baszler comes in at fourth, um, which I'm looking at these, this times and something doesn't match up to be perfectly honest. Um, but, uh, Sarah Logan lasted, I believe 50 seconds after Shayna Baszler came in. Sounds about Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Riot went out 25 seconds after that. And then Natalia got a minute and 15 seconds, uh, before she was out. So in the span of 75 seconds. Yes. Three people out. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, 100 seconds because it, w- it yep. would have been 25 plus 15, yeah. So a minute 40, three people out. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, Shayna just waited around until uh, Liv Morgan came out 
And the time, this is where the timing's a little bit messed up because it does, I don't think it's right here. But it, it basically uh, acts like Liv Morgan, I think, had two minutes before she tapped. And oh, Asuka yeah. I here, felt like it was more. Yeah. Asuka here. But that's why I say that this timing on this uh, that I'm looking at might not be right. Because uh, it says the total match was 21 minutes long. Um, which would you have four pods uh, opening. Uh, that's 20 minutes right there. Right. But so, you know, just it, when looking at the times, like it says, Sarah Logan got uh, got eliminated at 7 minutes 50 seconds. But at 7 minutes 50 no seconds, way. there should have only been three pods open. Right. The first two and one. And Shayna Baszler shouldn't have been in yet. Shayna Baszler shouldn't have gotten in until 10 minutes. But right. it has Logan, Ruby Riot, and Natalia all eliminated before the 10 minutes. Wait, they sped up the part where nobody was being eliminated, and they slowed down the part where people were getting in the ring? Well, that's why I'm 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 just not sure, because like I say, it has all three of those people eliminated before 10 minutes, but Shayna Baszler shouldn't have been in until 10 minutes, right? And then the timing says uh, 15 minutes for Liv Morgan, which would have been the time when she would have come into the ring. But she would have lasted... I mean, there should be time on there because she lasted at least a minute. Um, and then it has Asuka being uh, eliminated at 21 minutes, which would have been one minute after she got in. So there's yeah. something wrong with those times. There's something wrong with well, those times. Or a pay-per-view that didn't go full-time. They had a person stand in the ring for longer than they should have twice. Yeah. And increase the pod opening speed earlier in the match to quickly get to the standing in the ring. That's the part that kind of frustrates me. Yeah. But I, but well, I that's why I, I actually sent you a text message saying, I think there should be a new rule for elimination chamber that um, if you've eliminated everyone else um, and you're waiting out. for a pod to, to open, they give you a short rest recuperation period, and then they start the 10 minute, uh, 10 second countdown, right? So I, I think a maximum of a 30 second recoup time, and then 10 second countdown. Because there was at least a two minute period where Shayna was just standing there taunting. And I think that was a little bit more than me. But either way, it's still, like I was saying at the beginning though, it still was, in my mind, very good storytelling. Set Shayna Baszler up to look like a monster. The only uh, that in my opinion I, because this is actually what I said would be really cool um, last week on either FBI or WBI I don't remember which one but um, is if she ran through it she was the one who eliminated all of them the, the downside to that is the way it happened what happens when Shayna beats, beats um, oh my lord Shayna beats uh, the man Becky so she beats Becky Becky doesn't get an automatic rematch and we've buzzed on through the entire mm -hmm. week. And so now we have this where you almost have to have training vignettes for these five people where they say, we need to get better because she just buzzed on through all of us. Like, well, yeah, and that's that's probably my only problem with it is like I expected the storyline to be basically the same except sell the dissension between the former riot squads even more. have them yep. all three in the ring and have them be so preoccupied with each other that they don't see it coming from shana right and give us some offense more offense from mm -hmm. somebody so that we can have 
a reason to have a match after WrestleMania. Because after WrestleMania, we don't have challenges. I mean, or yeah. or yeah, yeah, have the entry order go different. Instead of Asuka being the last one to enter, have Baszler the last one to enter. Yeah. And then she comes in, and there's already five other people uh, in the ring. I, and they're pretty tough. Tired and so yeah. on, you know. They've tired. They've been beating up on each other for twenty minutes. They're tired. They're beat up and all that stuff. And then she is the opportunistic uh, snake attacking them when they're weak. You know, she lets uh, Ruby Riot hit the the riot kick on someone, and as they fall backwards from it, instead of letting Ruby Riot try to eliminate them, she just jumps in and Kirifuna clutches them or whatever. Right. right? Or clutches Ruby because Ruby's kick was so good that that person knocked out right. Yeah, Not something like that. I could see that being a... a, a that would have been cool. There would have been better ways to tell that that could allow you to have contenders later on. And to to what you were alluding to, though, as well, because now this just makes me think of it's another Brock Lesnar that we're getting. You know what I mean? Where the match isn't going to be so long. And now I'm even thinking, like, when she does matches on Raw, it's going to be, like, one of those squash matches that Raw likes to put on every so often. You know what I mean? Because of how they ended up doing this matchup. Yeah. I suspect they're going to go the opposite. They're going to have Shayna Baszler continue to, to beat up on, on the West the rest of the women's division and then Wrestlemania is going to come along and they're going to give the win to Becky that uh, Shane is not going to be the one to take it off Becky that Becky's going to uh, go dig down deep and Rocky Balboa it and come from behind victory it. then what's the point of doing this to, to Shayna then what's the point of hyping Shayna up to make her seem like a legitimate contender so that when Becky does beat her it looks like Becky beat all the odds Becky really is top of the card it, it's it's tough and it's it's a tough thing just in general to even think about because you're right uh you know where do you go from this uh, you know say it goes the way i just said becky now has beat everyone in the rom women's division including the right. new up-and-comer shana baszler who do you have challenge her now right that's it i, I mean i don't know about you but i'm i'm tired of I'm tired of the men being champion. Like I'm done with it too, though. So, I've like I've been done with it for a while, and I've said it before. I think my biggest thing is a character like Becky works better as the person chasing the belt than the underdog. Yeah, yeah, the underdog yeah. coming after the belt than than the champion holding the belt. Um, and it, and it goes back in history. Uh, Hulk Hogan, his biggest wins were always when he was the underdog going up against the the immovable object, you know. Uh, when when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, right? Right. Uh, that was the underdog pulling out this am- amazing victory. Um, and that's, that's almost all the time. That's why I think heel champions work better than face champions overall. Because the storyline you tell with the bad guy holding the belt, um, going up tell the, the hero champion is able to win, um, is better than the, any storyline you can tell about the hero trying to hold on to the belt against the dastardly. Um, and so uh, here's hoping AEW proves me wrong for a while with John Moxley holding the belt. Uh, it, you know, hopefully they, they get some great storylines out of it in AEW. But nine times out of ten, I feel it's the heel champion holding the belt and and being able to retain it through nefarious means tells the better story. So. Yeah. 
But but anyways, I mean overall, I'm not saying Elimination Chamber was a ten star match, um, ten star show overall. Uh, what I am saying is, I expected it to be a four star show, and I think it was a six star show. I, I would agree with that. I don't I don't think it was as bad as I expected it to be. Uh, I thought it was going to be much worse, just because it felt very predictable. I do like a wrestling pool kind of thing, and it felt like it was a very predictable card, and so I'm like, uh, nothing really is going to go on, but it was pretty enjoyable still. Um, certainly better. I thought it was going to be as bad as Super Showdown, so... Uh, it certainly was a lot better than Super Showdown, and it was overall entertaining, and my boy Sammy won the IC title, so I really can't complain. Yeah, you only like him because he's Canadian. You like him? And, he's and four. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a phenomenal wrestler. I just hope they don't mess that up, and they kind of fix that where... You know, Shinsuke, oh my god, what if Shinsuke turns on Sammy and then we have a Shinsuke Sammy at Mania and then it's another NXT fiasco? That would be amazing, but Vince won't do that. Yeah, most. But, um, so, so like I said, you know, it wasn't a 10 star pay per view, but it was, I think, a six star. You know, it was definitely above average. I did not come away from it going, man, I wasted three hours of my life. Um, so, you know, that's a win. For a WWE pay-per-view, because there have been some in the not-too-distant past that I have felt like I wasted some of my life. Or um, two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> well, I didn't watch it, so didn't I didn't waste any of my life. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I read the results online, and I said, yeah, that's that's more or less what I thought would happen. Um, <laughs> you were then, stuck with that because, you know, um, host a podcast. Yeah. So you, had, <laughs> you probably had would at least read the results. <laughs> I don't have to watch it, but I have to at least know what happened. Um, I just have uh, a couple quick commendations, and then I think we'll probably wrap this up, if that's okay with you guys. Um, Sounds good. uh, And my commendations are are really quickly uh, to uh, both of them for actually the same segment that I actually think is a misdemeanor. It also gets commendations. I'm weird that way. I'll explain it all. So uh, a misdemeanor that WWE continues to waste Alexa Bliss in talk show segments instead of letting her wrestle matches um, and be be the superstar that she has been for years. I thought um, she was still injured. Um, nope, because she's wrestled a few matches recently. Um, and then they put her in 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 talk show stuff because the reports backstage just are like they don't have anything for her. They don't know what Damn. they're gonna do, right? So they put her in tag uh, in in talk show uh, thing. Uh, but so that's the misdemeanor I have. However, that talk show segment also provided me with two commendations. One of them is for Alexa Bliss because she started off the talk show, said, before we get into talking to the future and current Hall of Famers in the NWO, I want to say, Asuka and Kairi San Kabuki Warriors, you're the women's tag champions. You're supposed to be defending those across all brands, and yet you're piddling away over on Raw doing nothing. You know, we're sitting over here. Come over here. Give us a shot. Yeah, um, savage. And and I almost feel like she went off script with it. So, so I give her commendations for that, and then uh, I give a ton of commendations for Kevin Nash uh, in that same segment when Alexa Bliss asked what sort of advice 
um, Roman Reigns would need to beat Goldberg at WrestleMania. And Kevin Nash said, well, all Roman would need to beat Goldberg is Scott Hall and a cattle prod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The balls that it took from Kevin Nash to reference one of the most hated moments in WCW like that. Um, and I say hated, I don't think, I, it gets a lot of needless hate. I think in hindsight, people like to hate it a lot more than we did at the time. Because I remember the time going and, and the storylines that were going, and it made sense in storyline. But but in hindsight, a lot of people talk about that as one of the starts to the end for WCW. Um, can you can you actually, because I feel like a lot of our listeners God, perhaps three, might not know. There was three and a half years between that event and the end of WCW. Yes. That is not what caused the end of WCW. <laughs> yeah, it was not. So the storyline going into it, Goldberg was undefeated. Um, he'd risen up beating everyone, started off beating jobbers, left and right jobbers, and then moved up to mid-guard and then moved up to main event, right? Right. And eventually beat Hulk Hogan for the belt. So he is the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And he continues to beat all comers. And he finally gets a match uh, against uh, Kevin Nash. And the storyline that they had set up prior to that is that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were not seeing eye to eye. They were fighting uh, in the NWO. The NWO was on the verge of breaking up. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so the match comes and uh, it goes on and um, Kevin Nash is doing his stuff and Goldberg's doing his stuff. And it looks like Goldberg is getting the upper hand. And all of the sudden, a, a guy dressed as security jumps up onto the ring apron and yep. uh, it's it's Scott Hall and he pulls out a cattle prod. And in the viewer's eyes, you don't know who he's going to use it on because they've been telling this storyline that he is not seeing eye to eye with Kevin Nash. So is he going to use that cattle prod to screw over Kevin Nash? But instead, he cattle prods Goldberg. Goldberg is stunned so much that Kevin Nash is able to hit him with the jackhammer and pin him and win the belt. Uh, So... And here's why I think it's hated needless. First of all, storyline-wise, it made a ton of sense. It told this story of, was Scott Hall working us the entire time? Was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall pretending to have a fallout so that uh, we would think that? The answer is yes. Yes. It also told this storyline that Goldberg is so unbeatable that... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Coronavirus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I got that COVID Um... Goldberg is so unbeatable that even Big Daddy Cool, Big Sexy Kevin Nash had to have help. So it was a way to end the streak, give Goldberg a loss without him actually losing. You know what right. I mean? So pe- people now like to go after it like, oh, they made they made Goldberg look like such a bitch by losing to a cattle prod. And I go, no, to me, it made Goldberg look like an unbeatable monster that the heels had to cheat, literally cheat to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's That helped save the Goldberg unbeatable character gimmick in my book. Now, yes, um, some people didn't like it and it was shocking at the time. And there were things that happened afterwards that weren't good. 
And Kevin Nash's run as champion was lackluster in most respects. Um, and really, the storyline the they should have told me. What was that? Because he forfeited the title the next month. Yes. The next... Yep. Gave it back. Uh, <laughs> not to not not Goldberg. Gave it back to Hogan. Uh, but, but that's the deal. Now, they should have had the automatic rematch, which they're supposed to have, and told the story where... Goldberg demands that it's it's a match that they can't interfere in, so put it in a cage or something. And then Goldberg, uh, you know, wins the title back, and then everything's hunky dory again. Uh, but instead, they told a different story that that did. I'm not gonna defend the story that they told afterwards. It was not great. Um, but the story that they told up to it was not what killed WCW. The cattle prod was not what killed WCW, despite what everyone loves to say about it now. Um, the and I, I think people were just mad, though. People were just mad that, you yeah. know, Goldberg lost his streak. That's all it was. Um, I, I'll even go on and say the finger poke of doom was not uh, what killed WCW, despite what all the fanboys like to say. Um, because I remember watching it happen, uh, and the storyline they told up to it up until that point was Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash did not get along. They hated each other. It, it, the NWO had been fractured into two. You had black and white Hollywood. You had Wolfpack. Uh, they'd gone on for a long time, separated. Um, and then they have this match and it's going to be Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan. It's going to be this big blood feud sort of a thing. And then they come out and they face off and Hogan looks like he's about ready to throw a punch. And then Kevin Nash just stands there and Hulk Hogan just pokes him in the chest. And Kevin Nash bumps like I had never seen him bump before. Um, like he just, he got shot, you know? He falls <laughs> to the ground. Boom! And then Hulk Hogan pins him. And it turns out it was Hall of Ruse the whole time. They were back together, and uh, NWO was back together as the the black and white again. People nowadays Some... like like to talk about it like that was horrible booking and all that, but it told a good storyline. And at the time, I loved it. I marked out for it. So, was that the same? No, but this wasn't the same time. What was the 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 Bash in the Beach incident though? Was probably it was kind of already in its downfall though where Vince Russo just threw the title in. Is that the time you're talking about, or no? No, no. This, this was well before that. The yeah. Bash well of the Beast okay. incident was definitely as they were on their downfall. Um, For sure. Pretty much, if you if you use the word uh, Vince Russo in connection to <laughs> WCW, it was after they had already started their downfall. I'm not going to say Vince Russo caused the downfall of WCW. I will. He, he was brought in after things had started, right? Um, he did not contribute anything to saving W. Um, he was he was roughly the equivalent of the guy who sees another guy choking at a restaurant and takes out his video camera to videotape it rather than performing CPR. Um, did he make the guy choke? No, but he didn't do anything to save the guy. Uh, that's Vince Russo in in the downfall of WCW. So much of the downfall of WCW happened backstage that we didn't actually see. Um, so much of it was uh, the merger with Time Warner caused it so they couldn't do a lot of the stuff that had made them successful in the first place. Um, some of it was, yes, the fact that they put people like Kevin Nash on the booking committee, so Kevin Nash started booking himself in title shots. 
Um, I love Big Sexy, uh, but but that definitely didn't help. Uh, some of it was holding on to the older stars too tightly and not letting the younger stars rise up and take take control and, and take leadership. Um, so you had people like Big Papa Pump, massively popular, uh, but he's not really getting title shots or anything because, you know, instead Kevin Nash is, is doing it and Hulk Hogan's doing the title shots. So there were a lot of stuff that contributed to it, but 90% of what contributed to the downfall of WCW was stuff we didn't see on screen. Um, they were symptoms, not causes, if that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. But anyways, I could go on and on talking about WCW, but that's not why anyone turned on this part. I don't know, maybe it is. But, uh, but uh, let us know in the comments if you want more WWE stuff. You yeah. So, um, but you know, on that note, unless you guys have anything more to add, any commendations that you want to add? Um, no, man, it's daylight savings. I want to go to bed. Yeah, we'll we'll probably and, wrap this up. And I'm just gonna give a commendation once again, just to Kevin Owens for the whole popcorn shindig at. Elimination Chamber because I thought that was just hilarious and Kevin Owens just deserves the world because that was just spot on. That stunner was, well, that stunner was average, but just amazing to continue that feud and uh, Seth versus Kevin Owens at Mania is gonna be epic. That's my accommodation. That is all. Good enough. Good enough. So we will uh, close the book on this episode of Wrestling Booking Unit. Um, I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you use. Um, that way you get notified whenever we post new episodes. We currently post two episodes a week. We've got this episode and we get the fantasy booking episode that posts usually on Wednesday. Uh, but we're in talks in the planning stages to add a bunch of more mini-sodes each week. So keep your eyes out for more episodes of Raw and Order uh, in your little inbox uh, during the week. So that's all the more reason to click that subscribe button and make sure you get them all. Uh, also, share it on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you do, uh, TikTok if you do that. I, I'm too old for TikTok. Um, <laughs> TikTok? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, uh, Fabe is as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I fired up TikTok uh the other day and scrolling through it and and then i had to shut it down because just scrolling through it i felt like i was going to be on a sex offender database someplace uh, <laughs> so so uh you guys can do your tiktoks talk about us on tiktok if you want to but i'm gonna i'm gonna stay off that platform but instagram uh on there you can find me on twitter and instagram at raw and order wbu you can find da fabe at D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. And you can follow Justin at... At JLB420 and at Real Talk Radio 8 is the Real Talk Radio Twitter page. And uh, Justin JLB is the Insta since we're posting, uh, since we're mentioning the Instagrams. Yes, the Instagrams like the young folks use. Um, you can go. also check out Real Talk Radio at anchor.fm slash realtalkradio8. Is that correct? No, it's RTR technically. RTR. I always get those kind of things. Yeah, Fair um, enough. I, I, I couldn't get the same name for every social media. It was very annoying, but you know. <laughs> 
Um, while you're on Anchor.fm, you can swing over to Anchor.fm slash Raw and order WBU. Um, and you can click the little support thing and send a little money our way to help us uh, continue to make great products like this. Um, you can visit our Wix site. Um, it's going to be in the show notes for this episode. It's also in a pinned tweet on my Twitter. Um, so you can go there. That has a way for you to listen online straight on the website. We've got a blog that we're updating with uh, predictions for major shows as well as all sorts of other stuff. We're working on more content for it there. Um, and there's a Wix app that you can download for your smartphone that you can use to talk directly to me uh, right there in the app, just like I'm next door to you. Um, so hey. great way to do that. But on that note, like I said, we're going to uh, close the case on this Raw and Order WBU, and we'll be back in a few days with a visit from the FBI. Thanks for listening. See you soon.